Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Now back to the week that was with Joe Palmisano. There is superstition. This is what we're talking about. It's, is it superstition? Are we? I thought the best thing that was said at the end was of our conversation with Dr. Amon was uh, that we're being prudent because we don't know everything. But it's not when you close everything down and you stop sporting events and you do all those things, it is being prudent. It is not because yet that we know or we'll get there that it's actually scary, that it's actually at the point of of being panicked. Now, we have with us now uh, a man that I respect greatly. probably one of the most respected family practice physicians in the state of Ohio, um, and a man that I've known for years, and as Dr. Stan Anderson. And I want to thank you for taking time and clearing your schedule today to be with us. Thanks so much. My pleasure. All right, really. I started out the conversation with Dr. Alman with this, and I'm going to start it out with you. Is it the virus... Or is our reaction to the virus causing the crisis? So in one sense, it's both. So first off, there is this huge anxiety about this because there's so much that we don't know. It lasts longer than almost any other virus that we've had recently. So when you look at SARS, which was 2002, MERS, which is 2012, SARS stands for Severe Adult Respiratory Distress Syndrome and MERS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. So the two big ones that were recent. And even when you go back to 1987, when you look at the AIDS epidemic that started, you had unknown. And then the Ebola virus that came out, what was that, about five years ago. Huge unknowns. We just don't know what it's going to do. That drives panic. That's what's driven the stock market to have dropped and plummeted precipitously. And it's probably going to go down a little bit more before all is said and done. Because we are still looking at significant more numbers of cases. One of the things that I didn't hear was how many total cases we have tested for in the United States. We have tested for less than 10,000 cases in the entire United States. In South Korea, they test that many people per day. So there's a huge difference in we may be seeing the tip of the iceberg. So getting back to the question, is it the anxiety? Certainly the anxiety drives people's behavior. In South Korea, there are people, and in China, that have been tested three, four, five times simply because they don't know whether or not their symptoms are something which is going to be controllable or not. And that's the other dilemma as to what makes this so bad. We have no approved treatment. There is nothing that we can do. If you develop coronavirus and you come to see any medical professional, what are we going to give you? We're going to give you quarantine, isolation. If you get worse, we admit you to isolation in the hospital. But let me step back a minute. And and I started out the conversation, and we're talking with Dr. Stan Anderson. Um, I started out the conversation with Dr. Armand comparing coronavirus to the flu. Now, Everybody, or most of the times, I've had the flu. You go in and people say, you hear, it's a virus, you can't do anything for it, just drink water and bed rest. And so basically, we weren't doing, we're not doing anything for the flu either. Well, we do. So, have, how is it different? 
We do have antiviral treatments that we can use. So the Tamiflu, the Oseltamivir, that's highly effective in preventing you from developing the complications leading to needing to be hospitalized. Okay. So that's one thing. We have no treatment. Although, if you're interested, I could talk about some of the experimental treatments that are available that are being undergoing treatment uh, trials right now to try to treat coronavirus. We could go into that in the future. But right now, there is no treatment for coronavirus. All right. Uh, these, these tests, these trials that are going on, let's just touch on them. I don't want to sure. get in depth on them. But even if they were developed, how long would it take to pass through all the channels to be developed to, or to be able to be used effectively in the market? Sure. Um, so first off, uh, some of them are available right now. Okay. So we use this one rheumatoid arthritis medicine off-label because of what it did during the SARS epidemic in 2002. And what we know is, is taking high levels of zinc with something that gets the zinc into the cells, that's what kills the coronavirus. So yes, what we're telling people now is if you get it, you should take some more zinc, like one 50 milligram tablet a day. And we're telling people potentially that they could take a medicine like um, a hydroxychloroquine. But you have to be, that has to be prescribed. It's a prescription, right. And it's not that expensive, it's a generic. So we, um, that is something that is being done in many parts of the country. And again, it is not an approved treatment. It is not an official recommendation at this point. I have to read. Uh, we received an email during the show, and I'm going to read it to you. And I think this is part of the problem, but I don't know how to answer this. You, you would do. It says, I am questioning the decision of not revealing more about the demographics of the new or previous positive cases in Stark County. It says, would it not be more prudent to allow the individuals who may have had contact with these patients involved to know that and then be able to take the necessary actions? I understand the need for patients' rights to privacy. However, I don't feel that secrecy should be an option at this time. Transparency is more beneficial. Knowledge of who and where will allow us to reach more uh, of the possible interactions and the community spreading. So there is a point there. I mean, patients have rights of privacy but in this case we don't know who these people are do we well part of it is this if somebody gets diagnosed with a positive test they contact every close contact person so yes there are already eight people that are in quarantine in stark county okay from the from the case from the case that's absolutely correct the second thing is is in people that we don't know but we're doing the testing i now am telling the patients that i have said maybe you have it you need to quarantine yourself until you get a test result so i have two patients that i've seen this past week that i sent for testing the testing takes 48 hours currently the hope is is that with the new test that's going to be coming out by the end of next week we will get an answer within 24 hours. Right now, it's 48 to 72 hours. Okay. Depending on whether it's a weekend or not, I guess. Exactly. So I had two patients that I sent to get the test. Uh, one sent to Mercy, the other sent to Altman. And we probably won't get those test results back until Tuesday, which means they can't go to work. They're not allowed to go out and do any shopping. Right. If they do go out, what I told them is wear the mask. So this is the other thing that we now tell patients If you are going to be tested, you have to wear a mask. You should consider wearing some type of gloves, and you need to be very careful about washing your hands and using hand sanitizer. We're talking with Dr. Stanison. Let me ask you about these two people you sent for tests. What did you have to do? First of all, why did you decide to get them tested? Secondly, what did you have to do prior to getting them tested? Yeah, and this is the direction that almost every primary care doctor is going to be doing. First, 
what we do is we end up doing a nasal flu swab that has to come back positive. And so we do that in our office. We get an answer usually back in seven minutes. Then we have to do the respiratory virus panel, and that has to come back negative, and that comes back usually within 24 hours. Once you have those two negative, the current way in which it's set up, then I can send somebody to get tested for coronavirus. So they have to have negative viral testing in the office, in the private office, before I can simply say, yes, you need to go. But these two patients, one had done some extensive traveling and was in several uh, airports, and the other one had had friends that had traveled. And so part of it was just my, my level of concern was increased. Okay. But you still had to go through all these other tests. Oh, yeah. You, you can't just say, I want to be tested for coronavirus and not have had any other kind of testing. Should we? Uh, well, certainly that would be cheaper. I mean, we're now saying that the coronavirus test is going to be free, whereas the patients who end up getting a flu swab, that's going to be somewhere around 100 bucks. Because we know that from, from – now, here's the, the dilemma. Like when we talked to Dr. Amon, yes, the symptoms are different, but they may be the same. So we really don't know. So I guess they want to reserve the test kits for coronavirus for those who have been eliminated of anything else. And Dr. Fauci clearly said that's wrong. And he said that is one of the big failings that we have done at the CDC that we have not been able to make it much, much more widely available. So by the end of next week, by the 20th, they have said from the CDC, we are going to make these test kits widely available with 24-hour turnaround time. That's what Fauci said. Is it going to be actual? I don't know. And who is Dr. Fauci? I'm sorry. He's the director of the CDC. Okay. Nationally. Correct. He was on TV with um, President President Trump Trump. during the announcement. Right. Okay. Along with Vima Sima. All right. When uh, we're going to take a break, I keep running late, and then John's giving me dirty looks. And by the way, you could call if you have a question for Dr. Anderson. Um, he has kept up on this probably as much as anyone in the country, and he is he is here. If you have a question, uh, give a, you could give us a call three three zero four five zero fourteen eighty. Stay tuned. Now back to the week that was with Joe Palmisano. You know, I didn't put that together. I didn't understand what the heck was going on with that. I, I, um, we've got three callers, and I'm going to ask you folks uh, to do about 30 seconds apiece so we could get through all these. Uh, first, we've got Kelly, I believe, right? Kelly, you're on line one. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, just a quick question. If yes. you have other medical issues and are frequenting hospitals and doctor offices, are you at a higher risk? You know, should you postpone those things or just continue going? So uh, this is Dr. Stan. So the first thing, uh, good, good question. The first thing is, is you want to make sure that you take precaution yourself. So you okay. want to consider making sure that you have a mask that you wear if necessary. You do not touch your face if you go out in public. Period, period, period. Do not touch your face. What you want to do is you want to wash your hands. You want to use hand sanitizer. That is the best advice I would give you to try to prevent this. As of right now, don't make any changes to your visits. Okay. Okay, just continue going to medical visits and surgeries and things of that nature. Absolutely. But don't go to surgery unless you really need it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. All right. Let's go to... Bud, Bud, what's up? Bud. Hey. Bud, yes. answer your yes. question. Yeah, uh, could you explain community spread? I, I oh. see that with the two cases in Stark County. That's I, a very good question. Yeah, so one of the things that happens is, is there's this spread uh, index. And so what that means is if you have an infection, how many people are going to get it from you having the symptom? And the problem with coronavirus is that that spread number is 2.5. That means 
Each person with coronavirus is going to give it to two and a half people, which is the reason why you see the cases astronomically peaking. Whereas with influenza, it's closer to 1.3. So its spread rate is dramatically, dramatically increased. The problem with coronavirus is you are contagious before you have symptoms. And the symptom duration can be up to three to five days. And then after you get coronavirus and it is going away, it takes longer so it can be 10 days easily. That means isolation for two weeks. So community spread means what? I spread it to people that are my family, people at church, people. Is a flu community spread? Very much. So the difference is. That's 2.5 versus 1.1. Exactly. It's more because you're more likely to spread it when you don't necessarily have symptoms. Got it. All right, let's go to Tom. Tom, what's up? Uh, good morning. Um, I'm 86 years old, and I've been going to a small bakery every morning for a pastry. There are like four employees there, and once in a while, there might be three other customers. Uh, do you think it's advisable for me to continue doing that? First off, if you like doing that, you have every right to do whatever you want. (laughs) Because he's 86. You are 86. Congratulations, (laughs) sir. That's awesome. You have beat the odds. So from a pragmatic point of view, don't make huge changes. But if somebody's coughing right in front of you, you need to step away. The key is three feet and, if possible, six feet from the direction of where people are coughing. So keep enjoying your pastries. Thank you. No problem. And congratulations, sir. Thank you. All right. I have uh, Keith. Keith, what's up? Uh, You got it. Good morning. Good morning. The the reason why I'm calling, uh, my mother-in-law turned 100 years old next next Saturday. Right. And we're... And we got over a hundred people coming to the party. Uh-huh. So we continue to have this party. No. Dr. Anderson is shaking his head from the moment you started asking it. Go ahead. Don't do it. I mean, the the one thing that I would do is what do we do at parties? We touch, we kiss, we hug. The likelihood of somebody having something, because right now we are at the tip of the iceberg. The number of people that may have coronavirus that have no symptoms is significantly increased. So the 100-year, oh, my goodness, congratulations. You chose the right family to be born into. You won the DNA lottery. Congratulations. But I'm going to tell you, um, uh, be very, very careful. If you do go through with it, what you tell people is get that hand sanitizer everywhere. Wash hands every time that you can. Don't touch face. But really, wait, wait, until, wait until she's 101. Celebrate that one. <laughs> So that's my I mean my mom's 98 I wouldn't do it for her right now okay well I'll pass that on to the one who's giving the party thank you have a good thank one alright bye bye Bye. let's go to Dolores Dolores what's up uh, I was wondering I had the flu shot and the pneumonia shot does that help any at all not in the least it does nothing to prevent coronavirus but you're now protected against pneumococcus and you're protected against influenza, which is more prevalent right now than coronavirus. So you are not going to get the actual most common thing that's going around. All right, now let me ask you a question. If she came in to see you and she had all these symptoms and she had gotten the shot and she had gotten pneumonia, pneumonia vaccine, flu vaccine, are you able to send her immediately for a coronavirus test? No, I still have to do a flu swab and I still have to do the respiratory virus okay. panel. All right. Well, I've I've had influenza, so I know. Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. Yes, I missed a whole month of work. Yeah, yeah. And part of part of getting the influenza is just how badly you feel, and the older we are, the more dangerous it is. Oh yeah, the doctor says you know you could have died. I says thank you so much. No, <laughs> uh, Dolores, you take care of yourself. Thank you. I hope that answers your question. It did. All Thanks right. So much. Bye. We're gonna take a break. It's top of the hour, folks. I can't not. Dr. Anderson, you are, this is a storm of calls, a veritable cornucopia of calls. We got to take a break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Stan Anderson and the coronavirus. 
The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano. All right, we are back with Dr. Stan Anderson talking to coronavirus, and I'm, I'm going to get to these two calls, and then there's questions I want to ask you <laughs> and talk about, but we need to get these calls. These people have been very patient. They've held. Mike, what's up? Hi. Uh, I have two, uh, two questions, and uh, I'll uh, give you the questions, and then I'll hang up. Uh, question number one, can this uh, virus mutate into a different strand, and can you get this virus more than one time if you already had it? Great questions. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. So in China, there are approximately 12 people that have tested positive for the virus twice. There are apparently two separate strains of the virus. The only way to know whether or not they caught both strains is to do what's called DNA sequencing. China has not done that, and they have no intention of doing it anytime in the near future. So the short answer to the question is, it looks like there's two different strains. The more common one is the one that's in the United States. We do not see any of the more dangerous strain in the United States as of today, March 14th. However, is it possible that we'll get a mutation that will get more? Anything's possible. Can you get it twice? As of 2000, uh, at March 14th, the answer is no. Once you get the one strain that is now around, you will be immune to getting it. Could you potentially get the more dangerous strain that might then come to the United States? Yes. Okay. okay. Let's go to Janice, right? Janice, what's up? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. My first question is uh, relative to these two cases in Stark County. I understand that, you know, they're trying to protect these people by not prevailing their names. However, what is, uh, it just doesn't seem to make any sense not to say the areas that they're from. Community spread is obviously what they're alluding to in both of these cases, but isn't it helpful to know where to stay away from, uh, where these people came from? And my second question is relative to the Perry High School student. Um, that person is now self-quarantined, but there are administrators, teachers, elders at the high school as well, and yet the school was in session on Friday. So there's a real miscommunication here relative to both of these questions. So let me take the first question. Thank first. you, Janice. I'm a, you could listen on, the, on uh, the radio. Thank you. So the first thing is just because a person is in a particular geographic area, does that mean that everybody in that geographic area is increased? Think about Wuhan, China, just as an illustration. There's, what, 7 million people in Wuhan, China. How many people have the virus in all of China? 80,000. So does everybody in Wuhan have coronavirus? No. In the same light, simply being in the same room with somebody that ends up having the virus does not mean that your risk is dramatically increased. There is a slight increase because the virus as a fomite, that means that it's not in the system, but it can live on a surface, can be available there for three to 24 hours, depending on what the surface is. So yes, there is a slight risk if you touch it and then touch your face. You brought up a, a great point, and I was in China uh, in November. Uh, I was in the... Uh, Chenzhou area, which is not in the southern part of China where it started. There are literally 15 million people in that area. I mean, close proximity. You said there at Wuhan, how many people were infected? Um, so in Wuhan, I believe the number was 60,000 total, 80,000 total in uh, in all of China. That's not very much. Yeah, it's just the tip of the iceberg. So the question is, is one. But they said they're starting to go down. Correct. So in the past 24 hours, there have been a total of 11 new cases in China total. 
Is that because they're not testing? Is it because they basically aren't um, looking for it in specific areas? That's We just don't know. Okay. John, you had a couple people called. They had questions. Yeah, a couple people called. Um, one of them, Dr. Stan, wanted to know, uh, in terms of elections on Tuesday and uh, the crowds that will be coming to that, why at this point are we still having elections? And because we are, what I, I guess what safety measures can people take for that? Yeah, so it still boils down to the exact same thing that we've always been preaching. Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, don't touch your face. But you're going to be touching the... The buttons and everything. Yeah, so the, I, I, the thing is, is that after you touch the buttons, if you have, do not touch your face. That's the key. And then wash your hands. or I just touch my face. We touch. There was a study. I, the government funded a study where they actually looked at people to answer the question, how often do we touch our face per hour? And the answer was six times per hour. So, yes, we touch our face I just all did. the time. I just did. Why you said that? Yeah. I, I, yeah, then, I, I've, I've touched it probably... You know, I've touched your face. No, John, you touched your own face. Yeah, I didn't see you reach across and touch. No, no, Joe's I didn't. Face. I didn't do that. Yes, Other question. <laughs> well, Go maybe. Ahead. Other. I, I hit you. That's what I did. Yeah. Because of the break. You slapped slap. me. Um, Go ahead. Uh, now, in terms of another question that someone had, they said their church is over a hundred people every single Sunday, and he wanted to know: Is it a smart idea for the pastor to carry on with service, or should they cancel? Just pray a lot. Cancel. I would not go. As of March 14th, I would recommend not going. God will not love you any less if you don't go. Do not go. Okay. I mean that. I mean they've they're holding casinos to under a hundred people. Yeah, that's now. gonna work out really well. <laughs> I know. But all right. So here's here's. Do we have to take a break? No, you're good. Oh, okay. Here, Remember. Here's my question. I, I have a runny nose. I've been having a runny nose for about three, four days. A little bit of a scratchy throat. Not much, but the runny nose. What is that? Yeah, so right now, it is more likely that if you have a runny nose that's been coming on this past week, it's allergies. Because we just came through one of the most weirdest winters that we have seen in a coon's age. I mean, forever I have no idea why it's the way and what it is, but our tree pollens are way, way up. So as a result, we're seeing so many more allergy issues. People who never had severe issues are seeing significant problems. Take an antihistamine, preferably the 24-hour non-sedating. Use a nose spray. There's numerous that are over the counter. And if you need to, you can take a prescription or get a cortisone. So you have allergies, you have the flu, you have coronavirus. And there's also like 30 other viral infections that are still going around. The common cold is still very common. All right. I, I, I want to ask this, and I asked this to Dr. Amon, and I want to ask it to you. What is the difference between the flu and coronavirus? Yeah, so flu usually starts with a fever, achiness more rapidly for the vast majority of people who get it. So, so flu, what comes first in the flu? Um, it actually kind of comes all together. Okay, yeah. but it hits. But it, And it causes everything. So it causes the achiness, the fever, the body aches, and you feel like you're going to die. How long does it take from contact to getting symptoms in the flu? About three days is the typical, but it can be as long as five. Okay, so what's the difference between the flu and the coronavirus? Coronavirus can take six to seven days. The coronavirus usually for the vast majority of people under the age of 60. And this is why there's no easy answer. It's because your age determines what type of symptom and the progression of symptoms that you're going to get. Younger people under the age of 60, when they get it, it's not that big of a deal. They start with a fever. That's 98% of the time. In the Wuhan, China, what they did was they printed this, and so this is in the public literature, uh, in the medical literature. That's what the first symptom is. The second day, it usually, again, according to the Wuhan study that was published in The Lancet, ends up being achiness and fatigue. The third day is when they usually end up with a cough. And if it's going to progress, the shortness of breath usually starts on day four or five. And I asked Dr. 
Dr. Amman. It's a dry cough. It is a dry cough 90% of the time. So we don't want to say that if it is a productive cough, it isn't coronavirus. But statistically speaking, if you're younger, it's going to be a dry cough when you get it. John, do you have a question? Yeah, two more things. Uh, one, in regards to our election discussion for Tuesday, uh, someone just called and said that they are handing out Q-tips to people to use as basically like their finger for voting on the machine. And, and even Pam had texted me and said something similar to that regard. And then someone else wanted to know that they're planning to go to a restaurant today where there could potentially be a lot of people. Should they change their plans? They want to celebrate a birthday today. Should they put the birthday celebration on hold? So first off, if nobody's coughing in the area where you are, you have nothing to worry about from a pragmatic point of view. Have you ever been in a restaurant in this area on a Saturday <laughs> night? <laughs> you're, you're, you're wall to wall. Uh, that, that, that could be. So um, the, the, if people around you are coughing, then you need to either move or you need to wear a face mask or you need to ask them to wear a face mask because this is a totally new chapter in our life. I Wouldn't you say don't? Now, this is terrible because I'm condemning every restaurant and, 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 and I am a capitalist, but, but I, if you go to a restaurant in the strip, in the, that, any of those areas, on a Saturday night, you are literally back-to-back touching people. So touching someone's back from your back, very, very low risk. Because if they spread coughing into the air, it's going to be in an opposite direction of where you are. But there's people in front of him. But usually it's more than three feet away. I'm, I'm, all right. I'm just saying I wouldn't go to – I would perfectly – personally not go to a restaurant but. i would simply make sure that if you do sit down and you see somebody that is coughing a lot you don't want to be in that general area question i had for you dr stan is that do you think that things should be why are you looking at me and calling I don't know, me because dr I'm, be, stan because i'm just asking the question oh okay go ahead because it's it's awkward for me to go like this to look over at him because I'm at a weird angle. Um, in terms of everything that's being shut down, should we do more and shut down more at this point? I mean, should we consider going on a full quarantine? I think Doctor Doctor Amon said that this it's going to happen more. More things are going to be closed. Am I right? That is absolutely true. Because what's going to happen is this: the people that spread it are going to spread it. The people that have mild disease that don't go be seen, they're going to end up spreading it to people, and we're going to see it more. So one of the things that we've seen is we've seen different predictions of how many people in the United States could potentially get it. You see numbers anywhere between 48 million and 216 million Americans that some predictors have said, Dr. Lawler, who's an epidemiologist, infectious disease doctor, ended up making that comment, which is astounding to me. That means two out of every three Americans are going to end up getting this by the time it If it goes to the high number. That's the worst case scenario. But we've seen 36 million flu patients just since September, this flu season. Yeah. And that's uh, a lot. Somewhere around 30,000 deaths. The difference is, is the death rate from this is on a order of magnitude higher. Why? How? Yes. How do you know that? So um, you're a CT scan um, type of um, yes. a provider, and one of the things that which is really interesting, and this is a study that was done, again, in Washington State, before they had fast uh, types of diagnosis, they did CT scans on all of the residents that showed up in the emergency department, and the CT scan changes were highly predictive for coronavirus before they had any test results back. So there is this, this infiltrate that comes into the lungs, causes widespread scarring, causes the lungs to malfunction, and you basically suffocate. But, and what percentage of that? So it totally depends on your age. If you're over the age of 80 with no medical problems, your death rate is 21%. If you have that's that's alarming. That's the Wuhan study. That's, that's the Wuhan study. Right. All right. 
So, um, and again, they're the ones that have the most number of patients, the most number of cases. Right. So older people who have coronary artery disease, that's the number one risk factor. Diabetes, that's the number two risk factor. Lung disease, that's COPD, emphysema, asthma. Or people who just have hypertension. Their risk is increased because of those other medical problems. So those people should not go anywhere. Those people, well, you know, hypertension, diabetes, those are so common. So the answer is, is you, you have to take more precaution if you're going to go out in public, go out and eat. That's the biggest thing that I would tell you. But your risk is increased. Yes, if I have coronary artery disease and I'm over the age of 80, my death rate is probably close to 33%. So you're saying that the death rate for coronavirus, are you are you pre- are you willing to say that the death rate for coronavirus is higher than flu? Oh, yeah. Not I'm willing. I'm definite. That's what every statistic shows. It's almost on a matter of magnitude of 10 times. That is the important question. Yeah. And that is the question when you say, what's the difference of the flu? What's the difference between the flu and coronavirus? You have hit the ultimate answer. But it's only for people over the age of 60. I'm over 60. Yeah, but you don't look it. So the issue Well, but is, that, does that matter? Actually, it kind of does. And the reason that I say this is because the older that we get, the more likely it is we're going to get medical problems. Age plus inflammatory diseases is the leading reason as to why the coronavirus is going to affect you and cause significant problems. When you look at the death rate of people under the age of 40, for instance, it's one in 500. When you look at the death rate of children under 10, zero. Now, this is all from the Wuhan study. Uh, and the South Korea studies. Okay. Correct. All right. And Go ahead, John. I was going to say another lady had another question. Uh, they don't really want to go on air at this point. That's but, fine. Um, she has a vacation planned for her family um, coming up at like the beginning of May. What do you recommend they do? It's out of the country. It's in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Dominican Republic now has, I believe, seven cases. So um, the likelihood of her having a problem um, is very low. Uh, there, it's, it's, it's significantly less. The warmer climates seem to not have nearly as much. Well, yeah, and that was something I had heard like early this week, that, that a certain... 80, 80 degrees. Yeah, a certain degree kills the virus. Is that 100%... Oh no. oh, no. That is absolutely not true. So certain degree, it's reduced. but and, and that's one of the reasons why when you look at the world map, Africa has very little. But it was over 80 degrees when I was in China in November, yeah. in southern China. And obviously, after that, it's still, that's where the hotbed was. That's where it began. Right. So, but in the Caribbean right now, they have the lowest number of reported cases. But here's the question. We're talking about us going there. They don't want us there. Right. I wouldn't want anybody from the United States coming. Mexico's talking about closing their border with the United States, which is totally the opposite of what we've been talking about. (laughs) So, you know, when will these people, we're saying we don't want anybody from Europe coming in. They put a ban on that as of Friday. So there's no flights coming in from Europe. When will all these countries say, we don't want Americans? So it kind of depends on the incidence rate. And so let me just conclude within the past uh, 10 seconds. Uh, in the Dominican Republic, they want our money from our vacation money. So they are willing to take the risk and do that. As far as when will things change, only when the numbers start to go down. Okay. We're going to... Uh, we have to step aside because it's the bottom of the hour and we have news and we have more commercials. But I want to, Stan, if you, if, or Dr. Anderson, I'm sorry. I, I, I've known you so long I call you Stan. I, I apologize. Dr. Anderson, Dr. Stan Anderson will stay with us. You can get your questions answered now. Between when we go to the news, we come back, we're going to have a little bit of time, 330-450-1480 for Dr. Stan to answer any of your questions. Stay tuned. Now back to the week that was with Joe Palmisano. Okay, so 
where have we come since you, where, where, since you started this show or left your house? What has changed? So I left my house at uh, 8.30, and there were 148,000 corona cases across the world. And as of 10.37, uh, which is roughly two hours later, there are now 150,000 cases. Who's counting these? Uh, this is the world, um, and you can log on. Let me give you I've been there, but go ahead. Yeah, the, the website that anybody can get to is worldometer.info or, or forward slash coronavirus. And you will be able to see in real time, they update it every 10 minutes, exactly how many cases there are across the world, how many deaths, and the rate in every single country. Um, the best, the, the worst thing about it is, is that when you look at the total cases, the curve is going almost straight up now. So we're seeing more than a thousand cases per hour that are being diagnosed across the world. But in China, where it all started, it's coming. The curve is coming down. Yeah, China said that in the past 24 hours, they have a total of 11 new cases. I don't believe that at all. You but, think they're... Oh, they fudged their data. They're only going to let the world know what they want the world to know. In North Korea, we have no idea. Uh, North or Korea, Cuba. North, what, no, actually, Cuba has three cases. Oh, okay. Yeah. So North Korea, zero cases, but part of it is is they don't allow travel uh, in, in and around their country. Interesting. Interesting. I um, uh, we, We've got uh, Pat on the line. I'm going to get to Pat's question. Pat, what's your question? Um, yes, gentlemen, I have both a comment and a question. My comment is I wish these supermarkets would disinfect their shopping carts, say, at nightly, spray them down and let them dry. I think that would be a great thing. And my question is, is there a product to disinfect large areas? I understand the Purell and the hand washing, but say, for instance, if you had children's plastic toys and you wanted to disinfect them is there a recipe or is there a particular product or a way to do this safely thank you pat wow um that's a interesting question i have not thought of that so the short answer is is it's unlikely that children end up getting the coronavirus there are zero deaths among children uh, in the Wuhan experience they have very low children uh, to children uh, contagiousness um, so children seem to do better under the age of 10 compared to the rest of the world. Um, so the short answer is, is any kind of commercial, um, like Lysol, um, I don't mean to say Lysol, the brand, but I mean any kind of thing that you would get as a disinfectant is fine. Even the little wipes that you can get. Are they wipe fine or do they work? They work. Any alcohol type kills. Really? Yep. So... But you're also saying that, say, a person's under 40, the chances of them dying from this. One in 500. One in 500. Right. Zero point. What is it for the flu? Uh, Do you know? I don't know the exact number for that demographic. It is uh, much, much less. Because I read, I read something when I was doing my research for this show that this flu season in particular, Rates for children 0 to 4 years and adults 18 to 49 years for this flu season are the highest CDC has on records for these age groups. So the flu this year is actually dangerous. Correct. Whereas coronavirus is really more dangerous for people 60 and over. Yeah, the older people, um, dramatically more dangerous. And I got to tell you, for the listeners at home, Joe Pomisano is Mr. Let's Make Sure. He is he is prepared. He's got papers everywhere. <laughs> Joe Pomisano never comes to this broadcast station without having done his homework. And I got to tell you, I am very impressed. Thank you. Thank you. I uh I, I want to make sure that what I'm talking now. I have to ask you this, Stan. We're talking with Dr. Stan Anderson. Uh, I, I think probably, but I don't think. I think he's one of the most respected 
family practice doctors in the state of Ohio, and I think he's accepted as that by his peers. But what if doctors get sick? What if hospital people get sick? What if you start getting, I mean, you're in touch with these people all the time. What happens if doctors get sick? So all we can talk about now is the Wuhan experience. And what they showed was there was an 11% hospital employee rate case, and they seem to do worse. So yes, your healthcare provider is at a higher risk than the average person. And so that's one of the reasons why most of us are taking huge precautions. We have a uh, mask and glove section at the front of the door so that when you walk into my office, you are first going to be met with, you need to cover your cough, you need to wear this mask, and that's one of the first things that we're doing. Second, if you are coming in and you have a cough, we are going to try to triage you out of the um, waiting room and into a private room quicker than usual, simply because we don't want to take a chance that somebody could have something that they're going to spread to everybody else who is not sick in the office. The last thing you want is to go to your health care provider and get sick because they didn't take the necessary precautions from other people. Wow. Someone called in and said that uh, earlier this week, and I remember when she did it, Pam posted something on WHBC.com and talked about how uh, you can make your own uh, hand sanitizer using mm-hmm. uh, rubbing alcohol and aloe vera. So I just wanted to put that out there. And, and I don't know, maybe, Dr. Sand, you could talk even more about that. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. That is exactly right. Pam is correct. She's on top of it. She's been on top of it without being um, dramat- overly dramatic about it, just being factual. And I, I, I commend, I, I always talk about that with, with her. I had another question. Somebody called in and said, I'm 78 years old. I'm on blood pressure medicine. I work in a hospital. What are my risks? Yeah, the risk is um, the same as you were not in the hospital, except you have a higher likelihood of having an exposure. So the risk is increased, but there's no way to know how much the increase is. So we are back to the very basics. Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer every hour, whether you can think of it or not, and don't touch the T-zone. The T-zone is when you think about putting one hand in front of your face and the other one as a T, that's your eyes, your nose, and your mouth. Never touch the T-zone. We're going to touch our faces, even as we were sitting here, and I was talking with John, and, and John just casually just scratched a part of his face. I said, you realize you've just touched your face. But he did it to me, too. He touched my face. Yeah, well, that's something that you're going to have to get your lawyer to try. <laughs> what about, here's another person. So I'm 66 years old. I'm diabetic, and I have hypertension. What are my risk factors? Very high. So hypertension? Diabetes, automatically higher risk. Over the age of 60, death rate 1.8. So 1.8, then you increase by doubling it, double it again. It's almost 10% risk. So what does this person do? Wash your hands, use hand sanitizer. Don't go out? Uh, No, but consider getting a mask so that if somebody is coughing around you, you've got to take protection. So normal people, you don't really need to be that concerned but it's people that are coughing, you can't take the risk. So are we prudent closing every single thing? Um, Every NBA, Major League Baseball, uh, you know, the only thing, I haven't haven't heard bowling. Is professional bowling canceled? uh, And that'll come. And the reason that'll come is because they touch things with their hands. So the answer is, we are on the cusp of potentially having such a severe quarantine that this is a game changer for almost every aspect and, of it. And like Dr. Amon said, it's going to get worse. And the reason it'll get worse is because we're doing more testing. So as we test more people, we're going to get more cases. And we're going to get more quarantines and more, we're going to get more restrictions on where we go and all this. And the financial impact of that is going to be devastating. Yes. Devastating. Now, my business is working in hospitals and physicians' offices. That's my business. 
we have to continue. I have, and we've sent out to our employees, our employees work directly with people coming in to these environments. So we are struggling to say, all right, what do we do when our people get sick or their kids have to be off school? It's it's tough. Oh, it's tough. It's scary. Especially if that's have, scary. If you have young children and now schools are closed, so where are those kids gonna be? Home. Who's gonna watch them? Uh grandma? Yeah. Grandpa? Maybe. What if they actually catch it and then give it to grandma and grandpa? Huge issue. So a lot of people are gonna have huge problems that they're gonna have to juggle. What do I do now that my children are now home yeah. and we have to watch them? Dr. Anderson is is I just I, I heard something, and I want to check with you about this, but you have been uh, honored by the state of Ohio multiple times by the family practice docs, and you were at once the, the president of it, I believe, um, but now it's even going a step further. Can you clarify this for me? Well, right now I'm the immediate past president of the Ohio Academy of Family Physicians, kind of like the chairman of the board, if you would. Um, and in August, my term ends, and it has been a wonderful service to Ohio and to the Academy. Um, worked with some wonderful people. Yeah, I just got nominated as the uh, Family Physician of the Year, and I'm up against five other docs, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Just the fact of being there. Yeah, it's kind of pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's a testament to you. The respect that you have throughout Ohio and, and, and everything else. So thank you. I, I thank you for taking time out of your day to be here. I, I I guess wrapping this all up, you know, we had an eighty three year old lady who called in and said, you know, what what is my risk factor and, and all this and you almost hate giving this, but it's a it these are factual numbers. What what would you say her risk factor is? So a person who is 83 years old who gets coronavirus, their risk for dying is 24%. And so the older we are, the higher the the likelihood there is that the coronavirus is going to be severely more dangerous for us. The younger you are, the less likelihood there is. There was somebody who had called in and said, well, then so what? If two-thirds of the country is going to get it, then let them get it and let's just get over it because it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, the problem is, is that we're going to wipe out the vast majority of our seniors. So it's not a good outcome. Um, that's, that's not the direction we want to go. We want to protect our most vulnerable. The people that are at the highest risk besides age, people with heart problems, diabetes, people who have lung disease, people who have hypertension, it's inflammation. People that have inflammatory diseases of any kind, so that includes rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, people that end up having different things, their risk is increased. But we just, so it's hard to stay on your life, but I, we have to keep doing that, have to keep a good outlook, and but we have to be vigilant. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use Lysol, all the things that you need to do, and be careful where you go. And don't use Lysol on your face. <laughs> don't rub it on your hands and then touch your face. And John, don't touch my face again. Thanks for Dr. Stan Anderson.